Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Paul Rafasala. Paul is a beekeeper from the Philippines, and his business is called Rafasala Bee Farm. Together with his wife, they work in Tagum, Philippines, and they provide queens, supply pollination, training, and also provide colonies for sale. Now, Paul's got a really interesting story for us today. He's going to tell us all about this bird they've got there in the Philippines. It's called the bee eater. Now, what's interesting about this bird is it goes around eating all the drones and all the, the queens when they're out flying, so it makes it really difficult in the Philippines to raise queens. As a consequence, a lot of apiaries in the Philippines uh, have 100% AI queens, which is really interesting. So they're not running any open mated queens at all. So really interesting story today from Paul. Hope you enjoy. Paul, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about your your history as a commercial beekeeper? So you're based in the Philippines, but you've done a lot of work in Australia and in the US. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yep. Uh, actually, I've started beekeeping in like 2009. That's where I started the like basic beekeeping. So I was still in college back then, and I got this this mentor. My mentor. Uh, Dr. Ador Picasa of the University of Southeastern Philippines. So he is also my neighbor. So, so uh, before, when I was still young, I kept on passing his his house, and I got intrigued because what is this wooden box? It's like coffin outside this house. So when I asked him, oh, that's that's honey bees. You know, it, it produces honey, like, and then it it, it pollinates. Uh, our uh, the trees, the flowers, because he is also a uh, uh, forestry engineer like that, something like that. So that's my curiosity started when I was still little. And then there's this time when he conducted a training seminar in in his bee farm. So I, I joined that one in 2009. And then that's the start of my beekeeping journey in the Philippines. And then... Uh, after graduating, I have this chance to to go to the U.S. as a uh, beekeeper back then, and then uh, my then girlfriend is uh, she was also doing beekeeping in in our place, so I I I got her to go to America too, and then that's how we got our experience in queen rearing. Oh, my my boss, uh, she she taught my wife has. How to do better queen rearing with the uh, commercial techniques and that so that's the start of uh, my commercial journey excellent so and you were working in the u.s together you and your wife so you learned uh, queen rearing and you're also doing a lot of almond work weren't you uh in my in my first boss because in america i already got three bosses so I worked for uh, three different companies there. So in my first boss in South Dakota, so we do avocado pollination. So that's in California. Yes. So, and, and and also in California, that's where we do queen breeding and queen rearing because in South Dakota, it's very cold. So during the spring or during the farm season in 
California, that's where where we do the splits and the and the queen rearing before we go again go back to South Dakota for the clover, and for the alfalfa or or you call you call that in Australia as I think it's lucerne. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, so before that, uh, before we go back to South Dakota, everything should be done already. So that's the honey flow in in South Dakota, and then in in the in my next employer, uh, which which was based in Utah. So we do queen breeding also and uh, pollination through almonds, but we do not we don't go to the almonds in in February. My boss will will hire a a, a broker. And then the broker will will get the bees in Utah, and then they are the ones gonna take care of the bees and the almonds. So what we do is just uh, prepare the bees before they go into a into a uh, wintering shed. We call it wintering shed. So during the winter, the bees goes inside into this big potato uh, shed, and then uh, in February uh, they will remove all the bees in the shed, and then sent them to the to uh, almond pollination so my my main uh, job really is just taking care of the bees and then do queen breeding and queen rearing so uh, other than that uh, if they need uh, a hand in feeding like feeding harvesting that's a time where we're gonna help them Right. Excellent. And so you have taken those skills back to the Philippines and you're doing a lot of your own queen raising in the Philippines. And mm-hmm. we were talking earlier about this issue you've got in the Philippines. You've got this bird. It's called the blue-tailed bee-eater. And what do you call it locally, sorry? Pirik. Pirik. Okay, P-I-R-I-K. Pirik, pirik. Yes. And... Tell us, tell us why this bird makes queen rearing a real challenge in the Philippines. Oh boy, it's it's it, it's like the new varroa, but ten times deadly. Um, because when when you have a varroa, you can just just treat it with with a meticide or like a oxalic acid, formic acid, and then a few months, then it, it, it's gonna be okay. But with pirik pirik, with the honeybee eater, you cannot kill them here in the Philippines unless it goes to your registered apiary. It, yes, because they're a native yeah. protected bird. Mm-hmm, yep, there's a law about it, and then uh, there is this one beekeeper here in the Philippines that shoots a lot of the of the bird, and then he he put all the dead uh pirik all over his apiary to to like scare all the birds, and then somebody took a picture, put it in Facebook, and then his bee farm got closed. Mm, the yeah, government yeah, definitely you can't farm. be doing that kind of thing. No, absolutely oh, yeah. not. Because mm. it's very mad because the what happens is the bird can eat 300 honeybees per day. That's one bird. Wow, so, yeah. And then they go in flocks, like families of five or six at one time. So if you can scare one family, a few days after, another family will gonna be uh, replacing that spot. So it keeps coming back. And then what happens is if... So, so we queen breeders, we... We rely on the mating flights to be successful, right? So when the when the virgins go on mating flights, they can't get back because the bird is gonna eat them in flight. They're gonna catch the bird in flight. I mean, they're gonna catch the virgins in flight. So mm, yeah, that's that's what happens. You got very poor uh, success in mating. Also, it's not the problems about the virgins, the drones. Also, 
Yes. Yep. yep. Yes, absolutely. So you were telling me earlier that because of this issue, there are people in the Philippines that have AI queens in every colony. Oh yeah, that's very. So common they're running enti- they're running entire apiaries with AI queens. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's very common. Uh, the the price of a mated queen and the price of AI queens are almost the same. Here it's priced about two thousand five hundred pesos. That's roughly around fifty US dollars. Here, wow. I mean, uh, yeah, fifty US dollars here, two thousand five hundred pesos. So it's very expensive, and it's for 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 a common beekeeper, and it's and it's not very sustainable actually. Yes, and it it is what it is because if if you don't buy AI queens, then your your you're gonna uh, your colony is gonna collapse. Yes, because you can't get your own queens mated because of mm-hmm. this uh, this bee eating bird. That's yeah. that's crazy, isn't it? But I I've never heard of it before that entire apiaries would be filled with AI queens, and that's incredible. But as you know, in Australia, the only time we'd use an AI queen is for a breeder queen. Yeah, it's for breeder. Yeah, so so it's, it was really surprising for me to hear that you're running entire um, apiaries with AI queens, and and do you find that there these apiaries that are run entirely with AI queens? Do you notice any difference between those and say an apiary with uh, open mated queens? Uh, because of the bird that that is the the true suspect of what is happening now, uh, most of the naturally mated queens are they lay very poor because there's not enough drones to mate the queens. So, right. so, yeah. so after just maybe two to three months, the, the queen fails. So the AI queens are much better than the, than the mated ones here. Right. Because they're getting the, the, the maximum amount of yeah. drones and, that they and, need. And also the, uh, the supply of the queens, they, they will give you six months warranty. So if the queen becomes a drone layer uh, uh, before six months, then they will, repl- they, they will replace it. Wow. So have you been to the places where they're producing these AI queens? Uh, no, it's, it's in Luzon. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I imagine to be, a, to be able to produce uh, AI queens at that rate, there must be people who are doing it all day, every day. Oh, yep, yep. There's this... Uh, I think there's uh, the beekeeper's name is Romy Fignol, so he is really a master of of AI. And then, and then there's there's some other guys that's from the University of the Philippines that's doing it too now. Yeah, that's really mm. interesting, because generally, you know, the uh, the understanding here in Australia is that AI queens they're really good as breeder queens, but they're not really great producing colonies. Would you disagree with that? Uh, I think it depends on the on on like on how you use it, and maybe because I don't have any like uh, that my experience with AI and 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 the uh, mated is very biased on the on the AI side because the the mated queens are not very good here mm. now this time because of the birds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's really mm-hmm. interesting. That's so interesting. I, 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 I'm surprised to hear that you've got whole apiaries of AI queens. That's incredible. So what's the? So it's the this guy. What was his name? Who's producing them? Uh, Romy. 
Yep, and he's based uh, in in, in Luzon. Fi- yeah. yeah, yeah, which is uh, North Philippines, right? Mm, yep, North. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. All right, so that's that's really interesting. Now, in terms of uh, differences between queen rearing in Australia, uh, the Philippines, and the US, is there any other difference besides the bee eater that's in the Philippines? Do you notice any other differences? Uh. You mean how we do the queenery or the yes. or the queens? Uh, I think it's the weather. Here it's okay. The weather is very like it's it's unpredictable and predictable at the same time because when the weather so so we beekeepers we rely on the weather right like uh ten day forecast oh, it's gonna be good for queen mating like that that's how we do because we in queen rearing there's a process for every step like a fourteen day process something like that so. Here in the Philippines, the weather is very unpredictable. Sometimes when you see it's rain, it's very sunny. During the day, it's just gonna rain. So, so that's that's one of the the difference here in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Unlike in Australia, it's 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 hot. Cold day, it's gonna be hot. It's and in the and in the US also, it's if it's summer, it's gonna be summer. Here in the Philippines, there's something we call a a rainy summer. It's summer, but it's gonna rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think also the the in in the Philippines because there's there's not a lot of people that do queen rearing, so the genetic diversity of the of the of the uh, of the of the bees are not that very diverse. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 being uh, what you call it, it's being very. There's there's just a few people that do queen rearing. Right, and, it, and we're we're talking about Apis mellifera, right? Yes, 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 Apis mellifera. Yeah, so that's the bee you're using. You're not using Serana, are you? Ah, uh, no, I don't. I don't use Serana because they swarm often. Like if, yes, like if you put them in one location, and then they they feel that ah, no more food, then they're just gonna swarm on you, leave everything behind. Right, uh, uh, it's very uh, it's uh. It's a problem when you when you do commercial beekeeping like that, but there is a, a a place in 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 Luzon that do all serana like in one yard, two hundred seranas. Yes, I don't know how they do that. How they prevent the serana to to swarm? The only thing you can prevent them to swarm is they have food. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I don't want to say anything about that. What they're doing. Yeah. So the the Apis mellifera strain that you have in the Philippines is that an Italian strain? Uh, I don't know what's the specific uh, because there's some guys that uh, last year I think it's 2021 they they import some queens from from Australia. So, okay. Um, so it's it's very diverse now here because mm-hmm. because of of what happened because there's not a lot of beekeepers uh, uh, doing queen rearing so. Most of the time, the queens are just coming from the same source. So the the beekeeping association in the Philippines they ordered queens from Australia, and then I just don't know what what specific uh, species it is it uh, Italian or or uh, Carniolan or Cordovan, but they say mostly of here it's black, it's Carniolan, mm-hmm. it's Carniolan yes. or or Caucasian. Yes. Yeah. There are some I- Italians too. Mm. Yeah, I see some Italians. 
It's good fun raising queens. I love seeing your videos. You've got, you often post videos of doing grafting and things like that. There was a video you posted a few weeks ago doing some grafting in the, in the front seat of your ute. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a really great video. I do the same thing. It's, it's the best way to do it. <laughs> it's, it's the only way to do it when you have no choice. Yeah, yeah. Well, some some people will have uh, tents. They 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 take around these little tents and put up tents to do it in. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. I've I've also seen people use caravans and things like that. But front seat of your Ute that works pretty good, I think. Yeah, that's that's what we do in 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 USA because we have different yards. We have yes. different queen yards. So when we go there, we just we just uh, do grafting. That's it. Yeah, and you, so are you doing that in 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 the vehicles as well in the USA? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it, same thing. In most of my uh, employers where I, where I work before, so uh, only one company that got his own very what they call it a queen yard. Yes. So he he the the barn is the queen room. So this this queen room is very it's called that uh, conditionally temperature. The humidity is very perfect for queen rearing mm. so because they got humidifiers they have heaters and then we have very good lights so i think that's the very perfect for queen rearing you know mm. and then in the other ones uh we just use the car that's it yeah yeah as long as as long as you get the 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 wet rug the wet cloth you put in yes. the over in the, the over the cups yep cover to that it's can, not gonna get dry yeah absolutely all right, Paul. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your business there in the Philippines? Uh, I run the Rafosala Bee Farm that was founded in nineteen. Uh, I mean, in twenty thirteen. So me and and my wife founded the farm. Then uh, we have a few em- employees that that helps us run the farm also. Then we do bees, uh, sell honey, and then uh, do pollination services for farmers, and we. We mostly do Apis mellifera and uh, Tetragonola biroi, but now because of the the increasing number of honeybee eaters, we are slowly shifting to stingless bees now. Yes. Mm. So, so that's that's how uh, uh, our farm works. So we're just adapting to whatever is coming on our way. Right, and you're doing a bit of training and things as well, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We do basic beekeeping and uh, commercial beekeeping. So if if there's some um, people in the in the mountain that wants to learn how to do it commercially, we teach them also the American and the Australian way of beekeeping. Great. All right, Paul. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. And yeah, uh, yeah maybe you might might see you one day. Yeah, looking forward to that. All right, Paul. Well, have a great night and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good day. See ya. See ya. Bye. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode, having a chat with Paul. Really interesting story that he had about the bee eater there in the Philippines. And as a consequence, they need to have apiaries with full AI queens. Really interesting stuff. If you want to chat to Paul more about that, you can get in touch with him at Rafasala Bee Farm on Facebook. And he's also looking for some work in the upcoming season. He's interested in going either to the US or to Australia, both places he's been to and worked before. So if you are looking for someone who's an experienced queen raiser in a commercial setting, let him know. 
All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you want to get in touch with me, as always, you can at nixonqueenbees.com.au. And until next time, thanks so much for tuning in.